Hey Panthers, it's Danica Dichoko, class of 2020, and welcome to the Seattle Prep Podcast. I just want to ask, why does no one ever make announcements for the robotics team? I, for one, rarely hear of our own team's achievements, competitions, or anything of the like. For instance, did you know that for the past three years, our very own robotics team has been traveling down to Haiti every few months to teach robotics to 1 to 200 girls K-12? The group works closely with an all-girls school to stimulate out-of-the-box thinking and help them find passion to pursue a further education in STEM-related fields. I was able to speak to both Mirabel Schulten, class of 2019, who organized this trip from the very beginning, and Nate Hancock, who attended the trip this past summer, as well as robotics coach Mr. Schulten, further about their Haiti mission. So, hi guys, welcome to the Seattle Pred Pop podcast. Um, we're here with Mirabel Schulten and Nate Hancock today to talk about your Haiti trip. Now, how was it? It was a lot of fun, definitely. It was really hot. What was your, what did you guys do generally? So, um, we work with kids age uh, from like four years old to high school, the seniors and even teachers, teaching them robotics. They, it's a school in Haiti, an all girls school, Catholic. Um, and they have been doing robotics for about three years. And so we mentored their teams. And this summer we led a summer camp to try to improve skills and expand robotics in the community. Yeah, and we had those uh, split into uh, two groups. We had the little kids doing some easier stuff while we had the older kids working on actual robots and things. Did you guys use, like, Lego Mindstorm or whatever? Uh, that little, like, the block? Because that was my favorite thing when I tried robotics in middle school. <laughs> it was so simple and it was easy to get. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, what we use is uh, actually fairly similar to Mindstorms, uh, but it's a little bit more uh, more like what you would actually use uh, in engineering. We use uh, VEX IQ parts, mm-hmm. which uh, we, uh, we do VEX EDR, so that's just a step down for middle schoolers and primary school. Mm-hmm. And it translates really well into uh, engineering in the field, especially when you're um, working in an industry, so it's very similar and you use the same tasks. Interesting. Very cool. I love it. Um, now, Mirabel, I heard this was your project. Can you like talk about how this started and kind of just give me an overview? So, uh, me and my dad first went to Haiti about three and a half years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, we started the team in Haiti uh, through some connections. My dad is really close with the principal, who is the nun. Um, who started the team um, in Haiti and so we got really close with her so we started going over and helping her um, and we've been going about three to four times every year and so each summer we lead a more of a camp environment uh, we're just learning basic skills and then during the year we go and we help host tournaments and improve skills along the way and help wherever it's needed. So you guys have gone three to four times every year how come there is no like there is no advertising or kind of talk about this in the prep community. Like you'd think that at least one announcement in like the three years you've done this, you know. So it really started as a personal project, uh, just me and my dad, and we've started invited friends and classmates to go along with us as we've gotten closer to the people in Haiti, uh, become more welcoming, and we needed more people to help. Right now we have like 150 kids in the program at the school, plus. Uh, maybe 13 to 15 teachers so we really started need more people to help and help and we decided to open it up to some more people so Nate was able to come with us this summer and we've had um, 
student, my dad's students from CWU to come as well. So. Nate, so you went this summer. Is this your first, second summer going? Uh, this is my first summer going. Ooh. Now, why did you want to do it? Um, well, this summer I had done a lot of robotics camps, and that really got me into uh, wanting to keep working with kids on robotics. So I thought it'd be fun to be able to go and also go to, uh, go to another country. I haven't done that all that much and be able mm -hmm. to teach robotics there. So what was your guys' favorite part about going to Haiti? Well, I just really enjoy getting to see kids who they might have a different culture than you, might speak a different language than you, really experience the same things you would really enjoy. So I really enjoy robotics, being able to talk to people and share my passion with people who might not have had that experience before is amazing for me. Nate? Um, it was a lot of fun being able to talk to the little kids. Uh, I've been speaking French for a long time, and it's... Uh, they speak a very different French. Uh, their uh, their original language uh, is uh, Haitian Creole, mm -hmm. which is kind of like French, but very much not. Yeah. So it's uh, so their French is very different. But it was a lot of fun being able to talk to them, try and figure out what they're saying. They loved asking me questions. So did you try to respond in French? I uh, I could respond most of the time. Yeah. Ooh, cheers to preps French education. <laughs> Now, did you guys feel, what did you guys benefit, like, culturally or maybe besides just being able to experience it? Do you feel like that you, how did this help you grow, I guess? Uh, being, doing this for three years, I think that you just, you just start to enjoy different cultures a lot more. I grew up pretty multicultural, but just adding another culture and seeing how other people live around the world is always going to be beneficial no matter how many cultures you've ever seen. Mm -hmm. uh, being able to interact with different people and different cultures is probably the biggest life skill you can ever earn. I think that's the greatest thing that someone can learn is being able to communicate with everyone um, and being able to find enjoyment with anyone you've ever met and being able to understand what they mean and different cultural standards I think is really cool. Uh, when uh, when I got there, it was pretty big culture shock for me, uh, getting into the car and seeing that uh, just the way that the roads work there is way different. Yeah. But uh, just it was wonderful culturally to be able to uh, finally use my French with people that uh, that speak that fairly regularly. That was yeah. that was good. Well, and would you, Mirabel, would you continue doing this like after you graduate? Definitely, I think that. I've formed a connection with uh, them over the last three years, especially some of the students that like I've grown to know. I've been to some houses for dinner. I've been out to dinner with some of them. I've really got to ex have fun with all these kids, and it's they're more like friends now. So I definitely think that being continuing this is definitely what I want to do. Do you guys keep in touch during the school year? Uh, definitely. We a lot of the times they, there'll be Skype or text um, through them. So. Thank you. I love it. Nate, would you uh, continue doing this, or do you want to keep doing this while you're here at prep, while you, if you, when you leave prep, not if you leave prep? Uh, yeah, I hope uh, I have the time to go next year. It was mm -hmm. a wonderful experience going, and I uh, feel like I made a connection with the people there. Of course, yeah. Um, and is there anything else you would like to add? I don't have anything. <laughs> uh, not that I can think of at the moment. Uh, how about, so what would you speak to the, uh, more to the experience, the Haitian experience to those who might be interested in joining? 
or having to help if they have prior robotic experience, I guess. It seems really hard to go to a third world country to be able to do stuff like this, but when you go there and do it, it's really rewarding. You kind of forget that uh, after the first day. Yeah, it's definitely something that it's a once in a lifetime experience and it's you really learn a lot too. It's not just, okay, I came here to teach, but you actually end up learning things from people who might see something differently than you do. And the best way to, they always say the best way to learn is to teach someone else. So I think it's a great experience just to improve on robotics, but also like your cultural awareness and, uh, you know, seeing different people and experiencing different things. Right. Well, thank you for joining the podcast. That trip sounds amazing and that you've really grown and helped to be so selfless and teach and have that relationships. So again, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Hi, Mr. Sholen. How are you? I'm good. So I heard you guys went to Haiti for the past three summers and then some in the middle or throughout the year. How did you guys get into doing this project? You and Mirabel, of course. Um, so about three and a half years ago, I met the sisters of the school at an event and um, they had gotten some robot kits and somebody had helped them a little bit and they were kind of lost and uh, so that's kind of how it got started. So I said to them like, well, that can't happen. So we kind of <laughs> took it on and um, that's how it started. And you guys took them on and then flew to Haiti. Which yes, is- yes. <laughs> yeah, so we went to Haiti that first summer. I took I teach also at Central Washington University and I took mm-hmm. some of my college students with me. Oh right. and um we did the first summer word of robotics and kinda figured out the lay of the land. <laughs> learned about school, learned about the students mm-hmm. and um then we so we got them kinda going and then we said, Well, Mirabel and I looked at each other and we go like, Well, if this is really gonna be successful we have to go every couple of months to kinda help them along. Yeah. So and that's kinda how it's been going and um so then during that first year, we after that, we, during the year, we sort of like, okay, to have a continued and better impact, we should come back in the summer and do kind of a longer summer camp, more yeah. kids involved. And so it's been steadily growing from that. So do you guys just go during like a three-day weekend at prep that happens like... Yeah, so we typically go the first time around Thanksgiving. We usually leave that Tuesday night, fly mm-hmm. overnight. And then by Wednesday morning, m- midday Wednesday, we get to uh, Haiti. We go to Cap Haitian. So we have to fly to Miami and then change planes and fly from Miami straight to Capuchin. Mm-hmm. And then we'll spend, you know, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, usually Sunday there. Uh, Sunday we kind of like re- relax and then go back on Monday because flying back on Sundays is very difficult usually, um, timing-wise and pricing-wise. So, um, so we'll go back on Monday. Um, sometimes we will fly to um, Santiago in the Dominican Republic. Um, mm-hmm. So that's my wife's family lives there. Um, and then we'll take the bus over. Um, we typically do that in the summer because when we take the bus over, it's easier to take equipment. Mm-hmm. Um, and we fly in with lots of equipment to Capuchin. Customs is very tricky and all that stuff, yeah. and we have to bribe and <laughs> so with the bus it's easy. So we'll we'll go that way. So we'll go either one of those ways. And so we typically go in November, and we go in February usually, um, somewhere around when we have like a three-day, four-day weekend. Yeah. Um, we'll take a day or two out of school, you know, because so, it takes us a day and a half. At best, it takes us a day and a half to get there and a day and a half to come back. So we do that, and usually over, and so the kids, 
Um, the kids all come to school on Saturdays, so they do robotics Saturdays from 8 o'clock till 3 o'clock mm-hmm. on Saturdays uh, instead of their regular school work. Oh, yeah. um, so we do that full block of robotics. Um, so that's how it works. So we go November, we go February, and we typically go somewhere in the end of March or April, depending on what goes on. Mm-hmm. And then we'll go back in the summer. And you mentioned that college kids or some of your college students yep. go with you. About how many, on average, like what's the ratio from prep students, college students? So Mirabel and I have been going. So Mirabel and I go during the year. We go together. Um, the first year I had four college students with me. And in the last two years I've had um, two. Oh. So um, and two of the, well, so last year was both, they were both still college students. Then that one student graduated and became a school teacher, so she now teaches in Tacoma. And then mm-hmm. she went again with me this summer because she really likes it. So she's going. This is her third year. And then my the other student is a college student who uh, just started her master's. So, so, um, yeah. And then um, this year was the first time I took another prep student. Um, so Nate went with me this mm-hmm. summer. Um, it's very hard to go to Haiti. Um, uh, if you think you have seen poverty, you haven't seen anything yet. Yeah. So even if you've been a student who's gone on the service trip to the Dominican Republic and you think it's poor, it's a rich country compared mm-hmm. to what happens in Haiti. So yeah. it's very hard for... Very cultural shock. It's, yeah. it's an extremely shock. big cultural shock. And um, it's miserable because it's 85, 90 degrees temperature, 100% humidity, f- 24 hours a day. Um, school has no electricity, no air conditioning, no fans. Mm-hmm. So by eight o'clock in the morning, everybody is drenched with sweat. Yeah. And so um, it's, a, it's a huge shock on people's body. So. And you don't, are you gonna try to continue having more prep students come? Since you mentioned that this is your first year with. So me. I will always um, try to be open to take one or two. I can't take mm-hmm. a large group because it's really difficult to manage it. Yeah. Um, because of all the circumstances around it. So, um, so probably yeah, next summer I'll probably take another one or two, maybe. Um, we'll see. <laughs> Don't make any commitments because it's yeah. a very it's a very tough place <laughs> to be. <laughs> yes, well, it's a very tough place to be. So yeah. it's a so and um, so that's kind of yeah. And what did you over the years? What have you learned from going on to Haiti? Um, that um, poverty and social circumstances has nothing to do with kids' willingness to learn. That and actually, I think that those girls, particularly because of their poverty and their and their living circumstance, are more hungry for education than a typical American kid. Yeah. So that's so that's that's I think that's really interesting. Uh, the other thing is is that um, um, so the Haiti education system is very different. It's drill and repeat. It's the old French colonial system. So the teacher stands up in the front of the board and writes up a sentence, and then everybody basically repeats the sentence. And when you do physics or math. They put the problem on the board, they work out the answer, and the kids copy it all. So the kids don't learn how to... It's more memorization. Right, and kids, so kids are not taught to self-explore and try to find the answer. So swapping yeah. from kind of an inquiry base where kids have a problem and it's okay to try lots of different things out and trying to find a solution to, you know, that's a very big... So it's for this summer, for the first time, we got the teachers to, to not ask anymore, but where's the manual? Where's the manual? Where are the instructions? So... That's that's been very interesting. Um, 
I find it kind of refreshing. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, so that's very different when it comes to uh, to how students are and how it is. Uh, what cultural benefits do you believe you kind of earned, or not maybe earned, but learned, I guess, from going to Haiti? Uh, well, so for me, it makes you value much more what you have. Yeah. Right? But it also teaches you that you don't need all the fancy stuff to be able to solve the same complicated problem. And actually, that's a really good lesson for engineering because a lot of stuff is basically solved by throwing money at it <laughs> rather than when trying to really solve the core problem. And so yeah. it brings you back. Right? When you have to teach kids, when you're supposed to have only 40 kindergartners to second graders show up for science part of the camp and you get thrown 120 and all you have is what you brought with you, like straws and pipe cleaners and some paper and some tape and stuff like that and then having to on your feet quickly figure out how to teach basic science then you know then you realize that I can teach a Newton's law with just a stick and a, and a, and a straw I don't yeah. need fancy you know for near senses and all that good stuff right so um, so that's really kind of so that I think that's really beneficial to, to kind of learn that um, I think the other thing is is that you I mean if you're not already then uh, definitely teaches you to be much more aware of how other people live in different cultures and mm -hmm. you know, people are basically the same everywhere in the world so very sweet yeah so. <laughs> and what has been your favorite moment going there my favorite moment is when um, when you come off the plane and you come to the school and everybody basically stops and comes running over and they're like they are you know completely in awe that you're back <laughs> and uh, you know that I think that's sort of one of my favorite moments my least favorite moments is leaving yeah. <laughs> so um, that's always really hard um, but um, it's that's that yeah so I, that's some of my favorite moment I and I really I, you know I've got to know that some of the teachers have got to know the sisters who run the school really well and I um, I think that's been really been some of my favorite moments I mean there, I have a enormous amount of respect for those sisters who try to run this school in a country that has an extraordinary high dropout rate and lack of education and lots of crime against women um, to keep these girls in school and keep them focused. A typical girl in Haiti drops out of school by grade six. Wow. So 97% of all girls don't go on in education past sixth grade. So the fact that they actually have girls staying from kindergarten to 12th grade and then actually a large number also on to college because they run mm -hmm. an education college too, um, is to a, a great way to credit to those women who are trying to kind of do that. Um, so that, you know, I think that's a really awe-inspiring, so. And is there anything else you would like to add? No, it's a beautiful country. It's a beautiful country. It's a gorgeous country very happy people it's a very safe country to go to well i wouldn't go to port-au-prince but, <laughs> but um but you know the northern part of haiti is a beautiful part of the country it's a very safe country I, i've actually said many times that you know when you as a girl walk in the streets in the dominican republic you get cat calls a lot mm -hmm. when you go to haiti that never happens wow. it's it's a very different culture it's a very yeah. it's a it's very respectful i it's safer in the, at night at the street, at least our experience has been uh, in Capuchin than it is in Santiago in the Dominican Republic. Oh, so, impressive. Yeah, so where it is the second poorest country in the world, so 
Yeah. So it's kind of a, a very interesting. Puts things into perspective. Yes, yes. So that's, you know, I think, and people think that it's, you know, it's the, it's the forgot, they think it's just to be written off and it's, it's not, it's a, we open our eyes, it's a very impressive, resourceful country. We can learn a lot from it. So. Thank you for coming to speak with me. Okay. Thanks for listening in. Catch you next time, Prep. Wow, wow, wow.